Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oil Presentations, episode 27. Are aliens still sucking people up or what, dude? Jose Canseco, take me to prom. All right, we uh, this episode is going to be uh, mostly bullshit, if we're being honest. This is a recess episode. Where I got one, I got one story. It's the it's the nicest alien abduction story I could find that had everything I wanted. It got a little romance in there. Nobody gets murdered. Some people get sucked up. There's the thing I like. I do like it, and I'm going to be confident during this episode. Look, I like talking about aliens. I like it. I'm not an aliens guy. I wouldn't call myself that, but I do like the idea of aliens to think about. It's just a funny thing. I don't think about it all the time. I didn't know it was weird to think about because you never know how much anybody else is thinking about anything else. That's the thing. I don't, I didn't know that. I don't think about it that much. I just think about it sometimes and it's a fun, it's like Lord of the Rings to me where it's like, all right, well, it's like, who gives like, he doesn't, there's no orcs. Orcs aren't real. Elves aren't real. You know, same thing where it's like, I just think about, it's a fun scenario to think about. Plus, I mean, even there's no downside to not believing in it, in my opinion, where it's like if you believe in it and aliens show up, it's not going to make them want to hang out with you more. They're still going to be upset with you, probably. Like if I met Will Smith and I started telling him all his all his Will Smith movies and why, like I, I've thought about this. If I ever meet Paul Giamatti, there's a big part of me that's going to want to try to do a magic trick in front of him right away to try to see if he gets frustrated because I love the movie The Illusionist that much. And I don't think he would understand what I'm doing. I think it would freak him out. It would freak out everybody in the room. I wouldn't do it, but I've had that fantasy before of like, damn, dude. I mean, this would definitely freak out Paul Giamatti, but to hit him with a magic trick and see if he gets frustrated. But it, it wouldn't work. But I've had those kind of thoughts. But here's the thing. If you learn about aliens and you're an aliens person, I don't know if it's going to help you if they actually come down or up. I don't, I don't know. Some people think there's like aliens in the middle of the ocean. Or no, they think they're in the ocean. Aliens are called USOs, apparently. Underwear, uh, underwater, I don't even fucking know. Some people think they're in the goddamn ocean, you know? And look, I don't know. Maybe that's a good place to hide. And some, But there is a theory that reptilians live in the middle of the earth. Right? I hope you weren't expecting real research. First off, don't listen to this and ever expect real research. I don't know if we, if, if we forgot that. <laughs> I hope not. Please don't be listening to this acting like this is actually good learning. Like, I've, I've, the shit I watch is real experts. I watched this guy talk about guns, and he fucking shot a watermelon right next to him and didn't, didn't break eye contact with the cat. He didn't even mean to. It wasn't even special for him. He was just talking about firearms, and then he was like, what you would want to use is something like this. And then he pulled a gun out of his pocket, still making eye contact with the camera. It was like, it would go like that. And then he just shoots a fucking watermelon, still looking. It's like this one time I saw this guy, my buddy Keith, uh, he sneezed and he kept his eyes open on purpose. I was like, holy fucking shit, dude. He didn't even think it was a big deal. He did it as like a joke, but he kept his eyes open while he sneezed. He was looking at me the whole time. So impressive. I don't know where we got on that. Yeah, so I'm not an expert. Don't expect research ever from this. It, it might walk away with a couple of facts. This is like if Jeopardy sounded like an idiot. Every like Pretty much. Every episode is like a category on Jeopardy, but it's delivered by a guy who sounds like this. So, you know. I don't really know what you'd need him for, but he's got facts every now and then. That's not so bad. Uh, I would like to go ahead and say I am actively pursuing an interview with Jose Canseco regarding this topic. I didn't think about it till like two days ago, 
Well, I had, honestly, Jose Canseco has been on the back burner for a minute. Like even before electricity, I was thinking about Jose Canseco because I saw him on Twitter a while ago. And he like, you know, he just, he says wild shit sometimes. I think I'm pretty sure he's just out in Vegas and every now and then he posts an advertisement for a car wash or some shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling, I, I don't know. I was thinking about driving out there before this. And it's not, and I, I told him I had a couple, I told a couple, not a lot. Cause it was one of my surprise plans where I was like to try to get Jose Canseco. Even before the aliens thing came up, I was like, dude, he likes wild shit. And it's Jose Canseco. It might work. Driving out probably would have been crazy, but I don't know. I might've been able to get him in the Skype interview before this but now i'm definitely going for it i try i try to to message him and then somebody gave me uh, apparently his manager puts his manager's phone number on the internet and that's not a weird thing so i mean during business hours i may try to call jose canseco's manager and see if he'd like to talk with me a little bit because here's the thing this is a and i'll do this episode now so like probably not going to happen but it is the end of the world dude how great would it be if i fucking got to talk to jose canseco before the world ended that'd be so cool not if it is the end. I mean, the world. this isn't the end of the world, but just under the idea. I didn't mean to freak you out with that. All right, we all are mayor masks and stuff got a little carried away there. I just think it would be nice to have a talk with Jose Canseco, regardless of what the world looked like in five years. I would say that. But I'm doing this episode now, because if it's like, if it even remotely becomes a possibility, you can, this is going to be my honest take on aliens, dude. I just, I like the idea of it. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. I don't think it's, you know, I mean, Dan Aykroyd loves it. I like Dan Aykroyd. That's another thing. If you don't know, dude, Dan Aykroyd is obsessed with aliens, dude. He loves it for real. He has like a two, I think it was made in like 1999. There's a YouTube documentary that's just Dan Aykroyd. And he's doing that, like the um, Mark Cuban hand thing at the beginning before you click on it. It's like a two hour. It's a great falling asleep documentary where it's just, I don't know why I, I don't know, man. I don't know what what's going on. I know Dan Aykroyd has an amazing comedic mind. I don't know how he got on Aliens, but he... I don't think this is a bit. I think it's a real 90-minute documentary where, like, he has a reporter, like, set him up with questions, and then his, his hands are steepled in front of him like Mark Cuban on Shark Tank, and he's just, like, saying... But here's the thing. It's not even, like, facts. He's just saying, like, possibilities that are out there, which is a lot of, like, UFO documentaries out there, which is just, like, we're going to state possibilities... Which is why I like the topic a little bit, because it's kind of hard to be all the way wrong at it. Whatever you're kind of arguing with UFOs, I mean, if you keep asking questions, I feel like it filters back to, like, either we don't know that yet, or it's a government secret. And either way, like, you can't really get that mad at each other, I don't think. It's like, well, if one guy's like a a liquid metal shield guy, and one guy thinks it's like a dimensional door with light beams or some shit, it's like, well, you got eventually you guys just have to be like, I don't know, we don't have liquid metal yet, and we can't do the dimensional door light beam Stargate thing yet, so like, we gotta wait for a spacecraft to show up, but until then, we're both hobby enthusiasts of the same, of the same type. I don't know if it gets really heated. I don't know. I didn't really want to delve into that, because this gets conspiracy, conspiracy theorist-ish. Like, pretty quick, if you start looking at aliens. It gets real wild real quick. And if some people are into that, that's fine. But this is that, I don't, I didn't really want to broach that group. I got one alien abduction story, which I really like. And then other than that, we're just kind of, we're just talking about, again, it's a recess episode, man. It's a, it's a kickback a little bit. It's like, dude, I remember in high school, as uh, I had a history teacher called Dan Manser, which I think he got in trouble for like selling t-shirts or some shit. I don't really fucking remember. You ever hear like trickle down news from high school and you're like, who the fuck's even telling me this shit? Who gives a fuck? Something happened. But I remember I was in this guy's class and uh, he was out one day and then we had a substitute and they rolled in. I don't even know if they have these rolling TVs anymore in high school, but man, if you don't have it, you are missing out because when you would hear that cart rolling in, 
dude, it was just like a symphony of like like squeaky wheels and like bum da bum da bum da bum. You knew the fucking TV was coming in, dude, because it was substitute teacher day. I remember one time we had a substitute teacher in that class, and the movie they put on, it was just the History Channel's documentary on Dracula. Man, was that a good day. That was a, I remember being like, yes, dude, I'm watching this whole thing. They turn the lights out. I didn't fall asleep to it. I used to love falling asleep when the lights are out in this class. Dude, Doc, Dracula was on. It was the best day ever. So this is like one of those. This is like the, the teacher's out. He didn't leave like a, a fill-in lesson plan, so the sub's got to make it up, dude. It's time to talk about aliens. That's what we're going with. I, I do just like the topic. I like it because like it's also not, uh, for me personally, it's I can't really get scared of it, really. Because I live in a city most of the time. It's kind of like Children of the Corn, where it's like, well, I can't get scared of Children of the Corn because I don't live around cornfields with little coal kids are like putting a police officer up on a stick. So I can watch those movies all day. It's not going to happen unless there's like little kids starting to get weird around me. And even then, yeah, that's not really that scary. I'm not in some town in the middle of nowhere. I didn't hit a dead body with a car. I'm not scared of it. That's kind of like, that's how alien, like you never hear about aliens sucking people up in the city. You can kind of learn about aliens all day. And unless you like visit Alaska, then I would be scared of aliens. Or sometimes like there is this, there's like a comedy venue by like a, it's in like kind of middle of nowhere with like an airstrip or something. It's like a small airstrip. I don't know what the fuck this place is, but that's out in like rural central South Jersey and driving through there. You got to kind of go through Last time I went up there, I did think about aliens because it's just middle of nowhere. But again, is that weird? Does nobody else think of this? Because this might just be like a confessional of like this guy. Well, it turns out this guy's fucking nuts. He thinks about it. I don't think about it that much. But it's just a fun. It's like, first of all, it's not real. But it is, if you think about it, it's kind of like shark attacks on land where it's like very low probability, but it's kind of fun to try to get yourself scared of. Like what, like when I was younger, I watched Jaws before I went to the beach one time because I knew it was going to scare me a lot when I flew down to Louisiana I watched the opening scene of Flight before I got on that airplane because it was going to scare me a lot. That, I would not recommend doing that second one. That was a huge mistake. I was terrified that whole plane ride, and if my girlfriend at the time didn't have Klonopin, that would have been a mess probably. But that worked out. I wouldn't, don't watch the opening scene of Flight before you go on a plane. That would be my recommendation. But Jaws, before you go to, you know, you just watch a scary thing so your brain does it. I didn't really go in the ocean that much as a kid. I wasn't like watching Jaws and being brave and be like, well, now it's time to swim to fucking Cape May. I was like, no, I'd go into like my knees and be scared. But it was fun to be scared, you know? But yeah, open and see a flight before you fly to Louisiana. Don't do that one. That was, I'll say for sure that was a mistake. But as far as people getting sucked up out of, out of cities, I did find one of those when I was, I was looking into like what alien abduction I wanted to talk about. There's this one, and I'm, this isn't the one I'm talking about, but this one lady in Manhattan got sucked out of her apartment and then she was taken into like a clam, a clam shaped UFO and then zipped around a little bit and then put back into bed. And she remembers the whole thing, which it could just be a night terror or something like that. But there were two UN security like bodyguards down on the street that saw the whole thing, saw the lady get sucked out, zipped around and brought back. The two security guards saw the whole thing. So their witnesses had nothing to do with that lady. And then also those two security guards suffered a mental collapse like after seeing that shit. So I don't know. I don't know what that was, but to have two different dudes suffer a mental collapse, you know, I would say if I could give them advice, I would say maybe start doing electronic book reports. Um, yeah. So the, the people do get sucked up out of cities. That's tough, but we're going to look at, um, 
like I made a whole map of like different alien sightings and it didn't really do it for me. And I looked up the pictures and they all look like kind of like pills in the sky floating around. I expected better pictures. Not a whole lot going on here. Roswell has been done by everybody. So I, I and then I did find this one dude. There is this one. I'm not going to tell this story in detail here. And I backed off this one because it's too conspiracy theory ish. It's some dude named Phil Schneider, Phil Schneider, Phil, Phil Schneider. I'm going to say Schneider. I don't know. I feel bad because the guy's dead and this actually might be a real story. But uh, this guy claimed that he was like an army engineer working in New Mexico in like an underground base. And then as he was going down just to like do his job, there was a firefight with gray aliens. He claimed that there's like an alien, like an under underground New Mexico aliens, 9-11 in a bunch of tunnels that he was like involved in the firefight. He said he killed two aliens and then he got his fingers burned off by their chest beams. So then he went. You know, he got out of there. Apparently, there was like 60 people that got killed, and he was one of the three that survived. Which is a great story. I was looking into it. I was like, it's pretty cool. All right. And then, uh, but it ended sad because he did lose fingers somewhere. And then he was like a public speaker about uh, disclosing military information regarding UFOs and stuff like that for a while. And then, but all that's not sad yet. But then the end of the story is that in, I think it was 1996, they found him and he was like leaving notes like, yo, if I, I'm not going to kill myself. If I'm dead, I got suicided. And then in 1996, they found him, they found him dead in a hotel room. He got, uh, they called it a suicide, but he was, had like a catheter cord around his neck, but I, that's how the story ended. So as crazy as it is for like an underground shootout with tall gray aliens, which is awesome. It does end kind of, kind of strange. And also like, I don't want to, on the off chance that that guy, that's all real. If I was going to tell that story and then be like, and then at the end, he fucking is dead and suicided himself. Either way, that's terrible. I can't be joking about it. Like, on the off chance that that guy's right. Maybe that guy did get in a firefight with chest laser aliens. I don't know. But he ended up, I don't know, dead in a hotel room. But either way, that's not the one I really wanted to do because there wasn't a whole lot of evidence for that. It just wasn't as nice. It was a little too, too much for me. And it's, it's also really stepping on heavy conspiracy theory toes, which, again, it's not like I don't – I respect that community. That's not the community I'm reaching out to here, though. We're just looking at – we're going to talk about aliens a little bit, and then we got one case of alien abduction. I'm not really trying to fuck with alien abduction people at all, much like I wasn't trying to fuck with Civil War people, but I'm just being honest with how I feel about it, all right? All right. So the case of alien abduction that we're going to look at that I really like um, – is Betty and Barney Hill. Now, this is maybe the most famous alien abduction. I mean, it's this one, I think this one might be the most famous one. This this one, and then there's the one they made a movie about called Fire in the Sky. Uh, some dude named Travis something was out with the boys, and they were like lumberjacking, and then he just got sucked up for a couple of days. And uh, and then he came back. But that one was, I don't know, I, I'm, ah, I mean, this is like a nice couple out for a drive that goes horrendously just the worst ever. I, I like this story more than like some dude getting sucked up. Although his friends just rolled on him and they came back the next day. I don't know, man, that's tough. It did. I, I have thought about this before, but if you like, if you were one of Travis's friends, like, and you saw him getting sucked up, like, where do you grab? Like I've thought about where do you grab somebody that's getting sucked up by a tractor beam is like, is correlates with how much you like that person. Like if you grab him by the foot, you're not even really trying that sneaker's going to come off like belt. I feel like belt standard, but if you really love them, you go over the shoulders, but I don't know. 
I don't know if there's anybody walking this planet that I would go piggyback for. Cause then I'm go- I'm along for the ride too. If this doesn't work, I'm on your shoulders. I'm going up to the spaceship too. So it's like, I don't really know where I would grab it. I'd probably belt and then get another guy. I don't know how many people. Also, I don't know if I'd, you ever think about this? If you're getting sucked up, who, uh, who would you call for help from? And who would you be like, just fucking let me go up. Just let me go up. Like any of my friends that have kids, if they try to yank me down, I don't really want them to help that much. They got kids and stuff. It's like, dude, just let me get sucked up there. I don't even know what they're planning. I mean, I'm going to be terrified either way, but like, don't, I don't want to be looking at you on a spaceship too. We're both just nude. About to get put on a table or whatever they do up there. I don't really know. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about Barney and Betty Hill. It was from uh, the 19th of September, 1961. It took place in Royal New Hampshire. All right. Betty and Barney Hill were a romantic pair. Uh, it was 1961. Uh, and this doesn't matter, but it is cool. They were in a racial couple. I thought that was nice. All right. 1961. Here we go. Betty and Barney Hill driving around New Hampshire. What could go wrong, guys? So as they're traveling down a road and it's in a rural area of New Hampshire, they come up to an area known as the Indian Head area. And then... Uh, and they look up on the fucking mountain and they see this UFO or they don't know if it's a UFO yet. They just see like a, a bright light blinking on top of the mountain. And they're like, what the fuck is all this? And then the thing comes, like zips really close up to their car right in front of their car. So Barney stops, stops the car and Barney's like, all right, what the fuck is this? He gets out of the car. He tries to get his binoculars to see what's going on. And then the, one of the aliens, because apparently there was windows on the, on the UFO there was windows, like portholes, I guess, where Barney was looking up into him, and the one alien was like, hey, man, what's up? I'm not going to hurt you. Just don't fucking move. Don't you fucking move. And Barney Hill was like, all right, we got to get the fuck out of here. He gets back in the car. He's like, Betty, hold on. Whips a Yui, hauls ass out of there. And apparently all Betty and Barney remember is that there's a series of beeping going on, and then they were at home. And that was the story that Barney and Betty remembered from the encounter with the UFO, right? But, all right, a couple months go by, and Barney is getting headaches. And they both can't really sleep well. And they're fighting a lot of the time, which, it's all, I, you know, you fight anyway, but I would be such a piece of shit to argue with if I fucking, I would be like, I protected you from aliens. Shut up. You remember? I drove the car away from aliens. What do you mean we don't go anywhere anymore? Anyway, so they're fighting and stuff, and so then they go to a psychologist that hypnotizes both of them. They put them under regressive hypnosis, which is a a thing where they put you in like a trance state, and then they ask you questions to try to recall suppressed memories. I would also like to note at this point in time that this is 1961, and the Cuban Missile Crisis is supposed to happen in about 13 months. So there were like Cold War tensions. If you were Barney or Betty, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? You don't know, is that thing the Russians? because of the Cold War going on. Also, in 1958, the Boeing 707 entered, like, civilian use. It was a jet aircraft. So they did know, like, even civilians knew about jet aircraft at this point in time, but this thing, like, zipped over to their car and then chilled there, and then the alien tried to, like, have a conversation with Barney through a UFO window. So it's like, that's not that's not a Boeing 707. Just want to put that sidebar in there. All right. So Betty under regression. All right. Under regression, Betty's asked about what happened out there. And Betty's like, all right, well, as we were driving away, aliens were in the road as we were driving away. 
So then Barney stopped the car and the car motor died. And then the aliens walked up to each side of the vehicle. And then Barney and Betty got out of the car and the aliens, Barney and Betty, all of them walked down a path in the woods and Barney and Betty are taken aboard the spacecraft. And then they are both given physical examinations. All right. Now here's Bar here's Betty's description of the aliens. Okay. This actually made me laugh because there is like a thing where you can hear her talk about this in her own voice, the actual voice of Betty Hill. The first thing she said, she's like, they're all shot because <laughs> she's some lady from Boston, her Boston accent. And I'm not one, I'm not going to make fun of you for your accent at all, but it was just, it was kind of endearing to hear be like, they're all shot. Like she didn't like, they were all <laughs> the first thing. And she said, even the tallest one was like her size, which is like five foot. She said they were in a, they were all in a dark one piece. Some had jackets and hats on. That's what she said. And when she said that, it made me think about like the jackets and hats they send to Africa after the like the Super Bowl losers jackets and hats. And it, how funny it would be if the aliens were rolling around in like Vikings gear or whoever fucking lost the Super Bowl. Um, they also had no hair, no eyebrows, no earlobes. They had large eyes, small nose, and a thin slit for a mouth, which hurt my feelings because I have no lips. I just I shaved my mustache off tonight and. My mouth looks like uh, like if you were going to open a pot to check if the spaghetti is still hard or not. It is, it is an old spaghetti pot mouth. <laughs> so when I heard her description, I was like, God damn it. Anyway, so that was what Betty said under regression. Here's the thing. Barney told almost an identical account of what happened. And this is in 1961. And the therapist is like, holy shit. Uh, the chance of hoax here is remote because they both said the same thing. I'm kind of freaked out. All right, Betty would go on to say, under further hypnosis, while on board the spaceship, she was shown a star map by the aliens, and the aliens asked if she knew where she's at. Betty then assumed that the alien meant, like, do you know where your son is at on this star map? And Betty was like, uh, no, I have no idea what's going on. I'm on a spaceship. Can you not give me a pop quiz right now? I'm fucking terrified, dude. So then the alien tells her that on the map, the heavy lines represent places that the aliens go all the time. The lighter lines were places that they would occasionally go or frequently would visit. And the broken lines on the map represented expeditionary missions. And then Betty said, listen to this shit. Our own sun system was connected by one of the frequently visited lines, dude. All right. So then Betty reproduces what she believes to be the star map that she saw while she was abducted on this alien spacecraft in New Hampshire. Three years later, an Ohio school teacher tries to make sense of the map that Betty drew. But the map that she drew wasn't centered on our sun. It just looks like a star map and like nobody knows which one is our universe. So there's no real way to start. So this Ohio school teacher, first off, she had to learn how to make models. She didn't, she didn't know how to do that shit. So she learned how to make models of the solar systems and then made like 20 to 22 different models. But she, okay, so the abduction happened in 1961. 
the Ohio school teacher started trying to make models in 1964. She couldn't get all the planets to line up. She was like, I can get some of them, but I'm still missing some. So like, this all might be bullshit. Cause unless I get them all to line up, nobody's going to, I mean, I have to make this all the way work or else it's still going to be kind of up in the air. Here's the thing, dude, all this guess and check by the year 1969, this Ohio school teacher used a catalog that had the, the map of the stars in it with the updated version from 1969 and the map fit perfectly over Betty's star map. Now, nobody could have known how to draw this map. Nobody on earth could have known how to draw this map in 1961. And so Betty and Barney had the encounter in 1961. Then they went under regressive hypnosis and then Betty drew a map. And then that map couldn't be figured out. Nobody had, nobody had the information to figure that map out until eight years later after that happened in 1969 when an Ohio school teacher is like, holy fucking shit, this thing makes perfect sense. You guys should probably look at this. Dude, when I was looking this up, I found Betty's map. Also, I don't really, I'm getting pretty into this story. If you, if you really asked me if I believe this shit, I'd be like, I don't know, man. I think they were on LSD or something or like hypnosis. I don't, I don't, this is a great story, but I'm kind of out. So, but if you check out Betty's map, right? So, the sun, our sun is kind of like a shoot off branch. So there's allegedly, these are like alien trade routes. So they center around a star called Zeta Reticuli one, and which is close to Zeta Reticuli two. So those are really close together. And then from Zeta Reticuli one, the path to our sun shoots out, a, pla- a path to someplace called Alpha Manese shoots out, a path to someplace called Gilles 86. And then there's further like dotted lines. I'll put a picture. I drew the map in the notes. I'll, I'll put a picture of it on there. It's crazy looking. But so Zeta Reticuli one and two are only 37 light years away from our sun. Now, I don't really know. I didn't know how far that was. So I looked into it. I did know that a light year is the distance you would travel if you went the speed of light full clip for a year. Now I knew that before looking into this because my dad liked Star Trek. So I was growing up, I kind of knew what a light year was. So that's, it's 37 years if you were hauling ass at light speed the whole time is how far away this alleged alien trade route is from our sun. But here's the thing, okay. And I know this, but I don't understand it yet. Okay, so Einstein's theory of relativity states that things cannot go faster than the speed of light. There's no way you can go faster than the speed of light. This is one of the things Einstein figured out, apparently. Also, the faster you go and the closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time moves for the things that are traveling at that speed. So if you were going to get in a spaceship and start hauling ass pretty close, like if you, here's the numbers on it. So if you were going to go to Zeta Reticuli from our sun and you were going to go 99.999, the speed of light, the whole time, it would only take you six months to get there. Again, don't ask me to explain how that is yet. I mean, somebody could speak those exact words to me in like Japanese and they make the same amount of sense to me. I am, I'm trying to learn the Einstein stuff, but it is tough. But that's, it's like how I know rugby where like, I, I understand what the, what the thing is. I understand it's there, but I can't explain it to you. I don't know how rugby works. Oh, here's the, oh, look at this, right? So that's the story of Betty and Barney Hill. But here's the closer of this story. And I like this part. 
all the planets that were drawn by Betty Hill on her star map, every one of those planets that's connected to Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2 along the alien trade routes, every one of those stars on her star map, just by chance, are also all capable of supporting life, much like our sun does. Right? So I don't know. I don't know what that is. Did she just get lucky? Either way, I would, uh, I like that story a lot. Either way, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to wish you a happy April 20th. This is a uh, third week of April. I'd wish you a happy April 20th on that. And this has been, uh, this has been Oral Presentations, episode 27. Are aliens still sucking people up or what?